Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey everybody, welcome to Unlocking the Magic. You're listening to episode number 194. Bruce and I are going to give you a fun show today and an educational show as well. Yeah, that's right. Because we are unlocking one of my favorite attractions, even though I feel like every attraction is my favorite attraction. It's located inside Epcot, and it does give sort of an educational twist to your entertaining attraction type thing. What is it? (laughs) We are unlocking living with the land inside Epcot's land pavilion. I love this place so much. All right. Thank you so much for joining. If you're still here, we're Bruce and Connie unlocking the magic. We do the podcast, do a live show over on Facebook. Uh, We're on Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iTunes. So hit the subscribe button. If this is your first episode, we do episodes every week. We unlock attractions. We talk about uh, families going to Disney who don't live in Disney. We talk about Disney World, a little Disneyland. And uh, we do that here on the podcast. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here and joining us today. I'm excited to unlock Living with the Land. I actually just went back and listened to Marty Sklar's interview that we did a couple of years ago uh, because he was instrumental in the Epcot building. And he said that one of his favorite parts of Epcot was the Land Pavilion and his one of his favorite attractions was Living with the Land. I know. And I'm so happy because it is such a great connection that he was so involved with this and i love that we were able to speak with him and share his opinions about the attraction and i just love it so much i i've always loved this attraction it actually started off with a different name but i i just there's just something about it that is just super comforting to me and still very much entertaining entertaining even though we've probably visited this attraction how many times do you think i mean every time we go so 58 times. <laughs> yeah, just about. <laughs> just about. So, this is an underrated attraction, in my opinion. It's not the, the fanciest of attractions and the most thrilling, but when you go on this attraction, you get a sense of when you leave that you just learned something and you were very much paying attention throughout the ride or attraction. That's a good way to put it, Bruce. Are you actually paying attention on this attraction? I was then. Maybe not now. <laughs> okay. But I definitely was when we went on it. Because the way I like to explain it is that it's a must-do when we visit, I feel like it's a must-do when you visit. Like, I really feel like you should make plans to visit the tr- this attraction. It's not necessarily a thrilling attraction. There's no drops or thrills. But it's more like an interactive... I feel like it's an interactive classroom. There right? is thunder. There's thunder. It's pretty thrilling. <laughs> that Yeah. Actually, back it up. Thrilling's yeah, pretty... Yeah, back that up. Back that up. But I feel like it's like the only classroom where Bruce is actually paying attention and enjoying himself. The one criticism I have is I want to stop the boat. And I know there there is a tour that you can go on, but I want to be able to like slow the boat, even though it goes tremendously slow already. When you get into the greenhouse, I always want to slow the boat down even more because I'm fascinated with the types of vegetables and fruits and plants that they're growing. And I want to be able to read every single name. Yeah. So- it's sort of like an awakening when you get to that point because the ride itself the attraction starts kind of dark right yes and it goes through some of the trials of how they harvested um tried to harvest fruits and vegetables in the past and sort of where we have come 
And then all of a sudden, you're in this amazing greenhouse, which it looks like, I don't know, it just looks super futuristic. It just looks very bright. Yeah. And there's white sand on there, and there's just plants and flowers and vegetables growing everywhere, but they're really meticulously maintained and labeled. And I just want to be able to see every single one and what they look like, because you sometimes you hear about these things, but you never really see what it's like to grow. I mean, how cool is it to see like a hydroponic vegetable and how like... I mean, I don't know what that is, but it's awesome. <laughs> so you want to slow the, the slow ride. You want to slow the slow attraction even slower? Once you get into the greenhouse, I do. Because it's it's thrilling to you to see bananas? I mean, <laughs> of course. You know, when, when I kind of want to speed up the first part because I get a little frightened at the thunder. But <laughs> okay. then once we get into the greenhouse, I'm good. It's bright. I can see things. There's lots to look at. I want to slow it down. So this attraction was an opening day attraction in Upcott. And so it opened in October of 1982. But it was called Listen to the Land. Which is probably why I didn't go on in the beginning. Which is probably why it took you so long. Well, it changed up in 93. When was your first Walt Disney World visit? 2017. So it was no longer (laughs) listening with the land at that point. No, I, I didn't go until 2000s. 2000s so listening what do you think listening with the land or living with i think living with the land is it depends on what part you're talking about like listening to the land kind of sounds appropriate in the beginning really why because it's all it's kind of you could close your eyes in that beginning part of the attraction so like the you could totally just close your eyes and listen and you can be aware of what's going on around you i guess this is like the one attraction that really hits all your senses and i think that that's other than my touch sense other than because I'm not allowed to the touch field? anything in there. You're, you're not. You're keep your arms and hands in the boat at all times. Please. Yeah, but every other sense, you're right. <laughs> yes, and it, I feel like that is the core, or for me anyway, the core of Epcot, and the the Epcot that I always knew kind of immerses you in experience. It's in a learning. It's a learning process, but you don't really realize you're learning until you walk off the attraction, and you're like, oh. I actually just learned something in there, and I didn't realize. So I kind of feel like I'm learning stuff on the attraction. But it, like Disney does a great job of – this is what we talked about a lot. Disney does a great job of teaching in a in an entertaining way. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they're storytellers, and yes. they're fantastic storytellers, and they really help tell the story of living with the land and on the land through visuals and audios, and they do a really good job of that. Well, there was a song even called Listen, Listening – Listen to the land. Which I feel like listening to the land or is... Or listen to the land. Listening. I don't know what it is, but living with the land seems more appropriate when it comes to the greenhouse aspect of it. Well, back when it opened, I don't remember this, but back when it opened, I, 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 it, was, it was a cast member who actually took you around on the tour itself. So, so it was a walking tour. No, it wasn't a walking tour. It was a boat. So you each... So you had a boat. You still had the boat. But a cast member was on the boat similar to, I don't want to say Jungle Cruise, because that's an that's a whole kind of entertaining. So they picked of, on you while you went no. around looking at the vegetables. No, I'm just trying to show you like there was, you were still on a boat, but there was a cast member. All right, hold on. Let me think. It was kind of like, I'm going to say kind of like the great movie ride. Hmm, that's kind interesting. Kind of like, right? Because you have like this interactive cast member who explains the attraction to you but then it was later replaced by the pre-recorded well i think i would rather have a cast member with me i know so that's what i was going to ask you would you rather i know that we're starting the would you rather warily in the show but 
Would you rather have it narrated by a live cast member or the pre-recorded sounds you hear? You're fading off there. I did. I would rather have a, a live cast member, and I'll tell you why. Tell us why, Bruce. Okay, I'll tell you. Because I have a lot of questions. Well, how do you pronounce these things? That's probably Which why. one is that? Where does that usually grow? How do I get off this boat and go hang around over there for a few minutes? Like, how I would ask the, the live person. that When I ask the recording, the guy doesn't he just totally ignores me and keeps going. How can I it's do this like in you. my house? Yeah, it is like me. That's probably why there's no longer a cast member, because people like you, Bruce. Because there are just too many questions being asked? Yeah, sorry. There's probably so much that you need to know when it comes to the hydroponics and the gardening and that there's a ton of information. It's not like like the Jungle Cruise is, is fun. Or the Great Movie Ride is fun, right? But how many questions or could you... was fun. Was mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still is fun in my brain Okay. when I think about it. Fair enough. But there's not so many questions. But when it comes to the living with the land, it's probably so many questions that you could ask. And that's probably what happened there. Maybe they, was getting, they were getting overwhelmed with questions and uh, maybe it was just taking time away from other things that you would see or be able to learn about because someone was stopping and answering that question throughout the, sh- the show. That sounds, lo- that sounds right. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, let's go with that one. <laughs> I like that. But it, but it was replaced. I like the narration. I, I, I think I would like either or, but the narration's cool because you're on this boat ride, right? When you get there, well, first of all, when you get to the the land pavilion, I don't know what it is, but I still have that like, I can close my eyes and smell the land pavilion. It's kind of like a, a mix between like this tropical air inside. I, mean, I know you're in central Florida, right? But like, it's very tropical in there. And it just seems really like really i guess maybe because the building's wide open it's just there's a lot going on yeah there's not too many other pavilions like that where there's a couple attractions inside and a food court and there's a lot of people going in and out and a restaurant and i mean it's just it's a pretty i guess amazing place if you've never been because i I guess it's something i i I guess someone would not expect going up to it because like it almost looks like from the distance it looks like just one attraction right so you're walking in to the land pavilion, you're thinking, oh, that's just an attraction. First of all, how about the hill? The only hill. <laughs> in Florida. In Florida, you got to walk up. So you got to really earn your visit over at the land pavilion. But when you get to this attraction, when you get down to, you go downstairs and you get to the living with the land, it's a simple boat ride. But there's something to say about that simple boat ride, like that simple pleasure that it's really relaxing but super entertaining. It is very nondescript from the outside. Exactly. Like it almost feels like one of my favorite attractions yeah. and one of my least favorite cues. It's wait, your least favorite cues. What did I just say? I don't know, but there's there literally is no cue. Exactly. It's just a bunch of it's I just mean, a line, right? No, I mean there's It's some very art. nondescript. It's very uh non-visual and nondescript from the outside when I you're guess, looking in. Yeah, I guess when you compare it to other things. Well, like, I'm just comparing it to what it it's like when you actually start on the attraction in the first part and then you get into the greenhouse it's so visual and so much sound that it's the total opposite of what it looks like from the outside you didn't expect it you won't expect it on yeah before well now with youtube it's cheating right yeah i guess it's not fair like when we were young and you know before pre-youtube you actually didn't know what the attraction was like either someone told you what it was like or you listened to podcasts like this and you got you know you could imagine through what we talk about you could imagine what you think it would look like, but now you just go on YouTube and you know exactly what's happening. Yeah, but you know what? When you're imagining what it would be like, are you setting yourself up for high expectations? What if you expect a lot? 
I always expect a lot. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. I expect the least. You know what? Now that just off topic, but speaking of, I feel like we did a good job when we visited Pandora for the very first time because we did not look at any YouTube videos, videos or anything. We really wanted to feel that sense of wonder and imagination and just try to imagine what it would have been like. And I think we did a good job. I like doing that. I mean, the only thing I suggest for YouTube is if you're younger and you're not sure if the kid can go on the attraction or not. Or if they might be scared. You might, yeah, you yeah. could give them a little YouTube preview so they're not scared about it. Because there's no attractions that are scary. No. Even I mean, this one in the beginning. Like if yeah. you have a young child in the beginning, there's thunder, there's rain. Uh, that may overwhelm their senses for a minute. But then you get into the – you get through that pretty quick. Bruce buries his head in my shoulder for a minute. But then he's okay. I put my earbuds in and put my hood <laughs> over my head. And then as soon as it gets light, you come around that corner. You go through that little tunnel. You can see the brightness. There's a light. There's literally a light at the end of the tunnel. There's literally – Okay. Five, I feel like I wanted to go into five reasons why we love this attraction. Whoops. But, but, but before we do that, I know we're talking so much about how many things we love about it. I want to talk a little bit about Marty and his love for this attraction. He actually men- mentions the attraction um, on the show that we had did we, we had done with him. I think it was show number 82 if you guys want to go back. I think it was 83. 83. Never mind. Pretend I didn't say that. So here's what you do. You go to unlockingthemagic.com. You go to the search bar at the top and you type in Marty because it's actually number 81. We were both wrong. Oh, what number? 81. 81. Well, he mentions it um, on there and it was really, it was just really sweet. But he also mentions it in his book, One Little Spark, Mickey's Ten Commandments and the Road to Imagineering. If you guys haven't picked up that book yet, please do it because it's just a really lighthearted, fun book. But Which is one of the only books in my life I've actually read. Now, I read a lot of books through listening, but this one I physically read the book. He calls it his favorite attraction in this book as well, and he says, um, as your boat glides past, you see lettuce and tomatoes and an array of exotic vegetables native to various parts of the world growing through controlled environment agriculture. He just really loves this attraction, and he says, it's the only attraction of its kind in any park anywhere. Walt Epcot? Absolutely. And that's my favorite part of the book. Like, well, there's so many favorite parts of the book, but I love hearing his tone and in this book. Like, he's so excited about that attraction, even though he doesn't necessarily talk too much about the attraction in the book itself. I'm fascinated with the fact that the things that they grow in there, you actually get to eat inside of Epcot. Isn't that amazing? It's totally amazing. Doesn't that want, want you to go to the Garden Grill, like, right away afterwards? Like, oh, why didn't we make reservations? Yes, it does. Because you get to see it from inside there, too. You do get to see the restaurant. And it's pretty fascinating to everybody in the boat. And what I love about it is you often find people boarding the boat. And they're sort of quiet when they board because the thunder scene. And then they go in the farmers. And they're kind of talking. And once we enter the greenhouse, everybody just stops talking and points. And then everyone's trying to find various fruits and vegetables before the boat passes you can see both on either side but it's just funny to watch like if you're in the back it's funny to watch everyone kind of really immerse themselves and i think that's really cool now sometimes you have that problem where you're on the left side of the boat or the right side of the boat and you'll be you'll say hey look at this and you know you want to look over to the right side and you have to like lean over somebody so you may have to take this twice (laughs) one time you sit on the left and one time you sit on the right am i wrong about that I don't know. I don't, I don't, you're never wrong. What am I saying? Yeah, that's true. Thank you for that. Because I always want to go on and I want to see both sides. Okay. But I don't want to miss anything. Yeah, so I want to, I want to go on twice. We should go on this twice in a row. 
Okay. Oh, and then we just swap sides. Then you get to like see everything on, on the other side that you missed the first time around. Would that make you happy? I would. Okay. That and like do something so the boat has to stop right in the greenhouse. What's cool about this attraction is that it still remains to me like ahead of its time. Like I feel like even though it's been around since the 80s, right? Since 1982, it still seems so ahead of its time and still so incredibly futuristic because i mean look we're in 2018 now and we're talking about colonizing mars right so i mean some of these yeah this is exactly what they're gonna have to do when they colonize mars exactly if you've seen the movie the martian this is kind of what he did kind of took a potato and made many potatoes many potatoes (laughs) that's what they do in here they take one potato and make many i wanted to do five reasons why we love the traction but i think we're we're into like 20 and i didn't even so anyway what that's one of them one of the reasons why i love it is because it still seems so ahead of its time. Well, that's because the technology that they're using to do is constantly evolving. The structure itself doesn't change and the boat ride doesn't change, but what they're doing in the laboratories and what they're doing uh, to grow these vegetables and farm these fish are changing all the time. Yeah. So they're not like, it's not like when they did uh, the frozen attraction at Epcot, they had to take the ride down, redo the whole thing, and then it opened up again. They're constantly evolving inside Living With The Land for the time. Exactly. I love it. What else, what other reasons why do you love it? Other well, I, than all the things that we were I love it. About I, I generally love it because it's it's usually not a tremendous long wait. I was going to say cuz you don't necessarily need a fast pass most times. There's right? certain times if you know, there's certain times when like after lunch maybe. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty busy inside of that cuz obviously there's a food court in there too, so a lot of people hang out in there. But for the most part, you don't necessarily need a fast pass, and it goes pretty. It's a. It's not one of those attractions that stops a lot. It's kind of a moving attraction, and you don't have to wait a long time. And it's a nice mid afternoon time to go in there, or early in the morning, and just kind of sit on the boat, relax, get to see what's evolved on living with the land, and take that. You take your time a little bit and enjoy it because it's. It's not one of the ones that you get psyched up about. It's more about thinking and uh, learning. Again, the essence of Epcot, the core essence of Epcot. And I love how Marty says that in this book about it being Walt's Epcot. And absolutely, and that tra- that this attraction encompasses exactly what Walt had envisioned. And again, like just being on this attraction, like I almost want to record ourselves on this attraction and send it over to school when we miss school so that the teachers understand that we're, we're learning here. Which one of our daughters is in that kind of learning? All three, and I by guess. not not learning, I don't mean like she's in school. That's not what I meant by that kind of learning. Okay, but she's learning this type of thing in school. You don't know. What do you mean? I don't know. You don't know. You're asking me which one of our daughters. No, I'm <laughs> saying I'm telling the folks listening that oh. one of our daughters does this in school. I thought you were asking me. No, I'm not asking you. It's like wow, Bruce. I'm not that far out of touch. I mean, there are days. Sir, that is true. Okay. And then the other reason why I love it, and we've mentioned it before, is obviously Marty Sklar's involvement and his excitement about this attraction. I love reading and learning more about how they created this attraction. He goes on to say, we worked with Carl Hodges, who is the head of the Environmental Research Lab at the University of Arizona, doing very advanced work in various kinds of agriculture. We got him involved in doing the growing area of the land pavilion and walked him through a quarter-scale mock-up of the ride. When we were through, he asked me, where do we put the bees? And I said, Carl, there are people riding through these boats, open boats. We cannot use bees. And he said, well, how are we going to pollinate the food? 
And I said, look, we're in show business. You're the scientist. You figure it out. <laughs> so Marty says, and so the staff at the Lamb Pavilion to this day hand pollinates all those crops about 15 hours a week. Which reminds me of a story that I think really told us about Walt with the Tiki Room, mm-hmm. where it was originally supposed to have like live parrots in it. And it was supposed to be a restaurant. They're like, we can't have parrots in there because they're going to go to the bathroom all over the tables. <laughs> And then it became a show. And it's, a, it's funny that you say that with the live bees. They're always having to be, they always want to be bee. right. They, <laughs> very Sorry, funny. That was dirty. They always want to do it correctly, but they do have to remember that they're in entertainment. And the reason that people are there are to be entertained. So they have to do things properly. But there's always that one aspect that you can't necessarily put in everything that's, because there's human beings in there, like bees or like live parrots. Imagine if there were live bees in there. <laughs> I, I, that would be. You Talk about thrilling. It. It'd be like Jurassic Park. Yeah, it would be, would be scary. I don't know if I could. You go into the thing and there's just live bees and birds all flying around. <laughs> bees and maybe they're birds. I don't know. I don't that know. would be a little overwhelming. Yeah, I think so too. All right. So now I mentioned that I would love to stop the boat and get out and kind of walk around, which you probably can't do. But there is a behind the scenes tour, which I'm not sure if I'd, I'm not sure if it's a, if I'd be good on that because I feel like the people who give the tour or the people who are working behind the scenes are probably really smart people. And I would ask really not smart questions and they would look down on me. What do you think about that? There are no dumb questions. They're just dumb people. So I was going to say, apparently you haven't hung around with me too long. I don't know where I was going with that. That was rude. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. That was bad. I'm really, I don't know why, but every time you say this particular tour, I always think you're saying behind the scenes. Yeah. I don't know. It's your accent, I think, but it's called behind the seeds. I was I was saying like behind the scenes tour, not necessarily saying the name of the tour. <laughs> You're confusing me, but yeah. So were you actually saying scene or were you saying seeds? And I was just saying you can go behind the scenes and take a tour. <laughs> I'm so confused. I wasn't necessarily saying the name of the tour. <laughs> okay, but let's get into the name of the tour since you mentioned it. The name of the tour is called Behind the Seeds. Now, do they make you like the behind the seeds tour? Do they make you work? Like, I feel like they're gonna make you work, and they're gonna make you garden stuff. And you're like, all right, let's get to work now. You take a tour, you pay Come us on. money. Let's get to the let's get to work. Gonna pick those weeds over there. You gotta plant those flowers. Let's get it going here. You do get up. You do get up close and personal. Let's just say on this walking tour. I'm out. <laughs> There's uh, tours throughout the day. It's about, oh, it's $20 for a child, 25 right now for adults. That's not that bad, actually. Yeah, I know. How In come? Disney terms of tours. It's, you know what? It really isn't. Are you sure that's from now? That wasn't from 1982? That's not. It's, when Listening to the Land first came out? Nope. It's it's current 2018 prices. Okay. As of as of this recording. Well, then I might do that, actually. I might do that the next time we go. Oh, boy. Okay. I don't know. You in an inter- interactive classroom. We're going to do that. I'm going to record it. You're like, okay. in my pocket secretly, so no one listen. No one like they don't yell at me. Okay. Sometimes you can't record these things. It's interest ages from preschool all the way up to adults. But a lot of people, friends of ours, have said you know it might be a little slow for preschoolers. Like they have to really love. Oh, forget it. Then I'm out. <laughs> to really love plants. See, I think that's the difference though of this attraction. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, if you were anywhere else taking a tour of how to grow fruits and vegetables, I think. Anybody would be bored, but for some reason, being in this greenhouse and being within Epcot and realizing that this is the future, 
and how we will be growing plants someday in other planets. You know, it definitely changes, I think, your outlook and definitely gives you a little bit more. It makes it more exciting, in my opinion. Yeah, like I'm no by no means a gardener, nor do I like it at all. Yes. But I feel like the behind the seeds tour would be interesting. Even though I'm not really that interested in gardening or planting, I feel like it would be interesting anyway. Yeah, I have no, I have, I do not have a green thumb. No, you do not. And yeah. matter of fact, what's the opposite of a green thumb? Because you kill things. Like you're, you are a plant killer. I am. I am. I'm not afraid to admit it. Plants, they're friends, but for whatever reason. Like if if they're plants not... ever had a movie like Toy Story, you would be the villain. Exactly. You're the plant villain. I'm the plant villain. Okay. Yes. So he's one in every group. But you're interested in taking this too? It's a one-hour tour of the fish farm and the four greenhouses that make up the land pavilion. And it's going to be cool. You get to see the farm, the fish farm. You get to see what it's like during feeding time. You can behold gigantic fruits and vegetables and unusual crops from around the world. Do you get to eat anything? Uh, it says take home a handout with some great ideas for your own garden. Doesn't oh, so you, you don't get to like stop. They should like cut open some fruit. Oh my and... gosh. I'm picturing you like just grabbing a banana and eating it while we're we're not doing this tour. That would be interesting. This I would definitely exactly do that. Why, <laughs> this is exactly why we've never done it. I'm pretty sure they're not going to allow us after listen. If they ever listen to the podcast, they're certainly not going to allow me on there. Bruce is in the corner with three bananas. Three. Come on. Four. Maybe a watermelon too. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just, okay. Um, discover the latest plant growing techniques, including hydroponics. And they say, look, ma, no soil. <laughs> so cheesy. Um, but yes, yeah, so a really interactive, cute tour. And like you said, in the grand scheme of things for Disney and a tour, it's not so bad. No, it isn't so bad. It's interesting. It's it's educational. Maybe you can go back to your teacher and be like, listen, let's. Let's uh, compromise here. Yeah, they're going to miss school. Do a paper on behind the seeds and what you've learned. Yeah. We, we're going to miss school, but we promise to take them on the behind the seeds tour. <laughs> there you go. You Let's compromise feel. on that. So they are going to learn something. I promise you. You can definitely, yeah. All right. So what is your favorite part of living with the land? Is it the beginning part where there's not the gardens and the vegetables and the trees, or is it the greenhouse part? Or is it the fishery? Which part is yours? I can't pick one. I can't pick one favorite. I can. Mine's the, mine's the greenhouse. I love the greenhouse. I'm fascinated by the greenhouse. I'm fascinated you by all the... You just jumped right over Yeah, me. I just... You couldn't decide and I could, couldn't wait. What's... Okay. I'm not waiting for you. Oh, my gosh. Listen, you got to make a decision quick. That's right. me snapping my fingers in the background. Okay. But I'm fascinated with the greenhouse. I could go through the greenhouse 47 times in a row. I could... I just love this attraction from start to finish it's my favorite i think it again the whole epcot educational kind of exciting future and what's to come it still kind of has that essence to me i don't know what the future is with this attraction i don't know exactly if it might change you know of course we are unlocking it today so possibly a change might yeah, happen that's definitely, sooner you know than what they later. should they're just gonna make the soil red and be like okay now this is what's gonna happen on mars here we go it's gonna be exactly the same but with red soil oh they could have cast members in spacesuits exactly that would be fun that would be fun all right sorry i know i'm getting a little ahead of myself here but i just i just love it and i know the kids love it too and that's what I think is super special because I remember the very first time I took all the kids on this attraction, each one of them all had just such a great, just great expression and look on their faces throughout the the whole time. And that is really special because it's not, again, it's not thrilling. There's no real, you know, 
other than the Thunderbirds was talking about. Yeah, so to see kids on an attraction like this <laughs> en- en- entertained and engaged, yeah, engaged. is unusual. Thanks for choosing that word because I was I was looking I was soul searching for the right word to use and engaging kids and th- I love how they're learning but they don't realize they're learning and our youngest has a very short attention span I don't know where she gets it from like I have no idea hmm. right yeah that's a, I don't know that's a mystery but she's fully engaged in this ride and it really it really warms my heart <laughs> is that stupid word? <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed this unlocking episode. You didn't say anything, and I thought I felt really cheesy. Yeah, that was pretty cheesy. That's right. why I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to be associated with that last sentence there, so I waited awesome. a bit. Okay. But I agree. I love this attraction. I look forward to seeing it every time. And this is one of the attractions you can go on time after time after time after time, and it never gets old or boring. And if it does to you, sorry. It's not the attraction. Right. It's you. It's like that guy said on the cruise. Yes. If you get off that cruise and you didn't have a good time, it's probably not the cruise. Yes. If you get off living with the land and you didn't enjoy it, it's probably not living with the land. (laughs) Right? Yes. All right. Well, thank you to everybody for listening. And I just wanted to say a special thank you to Kingdom Strollers, our preferred partner for Orlando children, cribs, and stroller rentals. said that a little awkward. Sorry about that. Aliens too, I guess. Yeah. Children's, aliens. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) If you go to Disney World and you have little ones and you want a crib or stroller rental, for your whole vacation time, not just when you're in the parks, visit kingdomstrollers.com. They can hook you up with that. They deliver it to you, and then they pick it up when your vacation is over. And then finally, our preferred travel partner, Enchanted Escapes Travel. They help us with all of our vacations. They help you with yours, too. They go to Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, anything Disney travel related. They will help you with that. And they're at enchanted-escapes.com. So thank you to those two for supporting the show and making this all possible. Perfect. And don't, don't we have a winner of a a T-shirt? I did. I did announce it on our Facebook page. So oh. sometimes when we go live on Mondays, okay. we usually go live about twice a month on Mondays now. Yeah, we're doing an every other kind of schedule lately. Yeah, because we do our Patreon lives yeah. and we do extra podcast episodes inside of our Patreon group, which you can check out too at our website. So every other Monday we go live over on our Facebook page. And the last couple I've had an announcement like you got to come join the show live, uh, you know, hang out with us, and then we pick a winner to uh, I draft somebody. It's for Team Tonga. But I'm not going to announce it here. Oh. Nope. You have to go to our Facebook page to see if you're the winner. Because if I announce it here, you could just listen to the show and never go to the Facebook. That's the wah, point. Wah, wah. So sorry about that, you winner. Uh, you're going to have to go to our Facebook page to check out who the winner is. It's posted now after this podcast episode comes out. Awesome. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are Unlocking the Magic Podcast on Instagram. In our website, where you can find all the links, the show notes for this episode, Marty's book, our Patreon page, you can go uh, join Team Tonga, all of that good stuff. That is over at unlockingthemagic.com. Wonderful. All right, Connie, any more one word thing you have to say? Anything else happening behind the scenes here? Absolutely not. There's not a a whole lot happening behind the scenes. Not for you anyway. Yeah, it's pretty boring. (laughs) Okay. All right, guys, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.